When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Regan. I got my music back this week, so the intro sounds a lot cooler than just me screaming into a microphone at the very beginning. Um, wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, my YouTube video is playing in my ear. I got to kill that. Hold on one second. Ugh. There we go. Now I got it. Wherever you listen throughout the world, forgive us for our technical glitches. We thank you so much for listening to us. We talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds like something you want to listen to regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. If you do subscribe, you won't miss our show when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is not one right now because this past Monday was Memorial Day, and so we didn't record, but we are recording on Tuesday. And uh, you can, whenever we are live, it is usually Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube on the A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. You can tune in there, drop into the comments, very literally be a part of the show. It's a ton of fun. We love responding to the comments and having a good time. So subscribe there and then turn on the notification bell and you'll be able to join us live on YouTube at Charlie underscore Burrs at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports. A to Z Sports.com for everything Zach writes on the internet. And I think we're on Facebook and Instagram and all the stuff. The Big Orange Podcast on Instagram. Go follow that. If you're so inclined, lots of Tennessee content all over the place. This is going to be a good show, Zach. Because we got some pretty fun stuff lined up, specifically some. Here's, you know, we like to say that we're we're definitely fans first, Zach and I. Uh, although Zach does literally write about sports as a job. He's not day-to-day at Tennessee doing all this stuff. I used to be, but I am no longer. I'm a fan first. But we got some actual media stuff today. We got exclusive interviews with a couple of Tennessee recruits that our boy Austin Stanley got today at the On3 event uh, that was put on in Nashville. He was there and interviewed some recruits, and we're going to play those on the show today and talk about what they might mean for Tennessee. It's going to be a good one. What's up, Zach? Yeah, some big uh, big recruiting targets that Austin talked to out there in Nashville today at the uh, the On3, the NIL series that they're putting on out there so a lot of good talent that that could be making its way to rocky top we'll see how it all plays out before uh, the early signing period in december absolutely do we have a is this real or is this a parody is this a texas fan in the comments right here why would any athlete want to go to the other ut team the real ut team resides in austin texas there's cool stuff in austin texas oh yeah Um, great city yeah it's just like joe rogan has done the whole comedy club thing and there's uh barbecue and um but this, the school there, I mean, Tennessee beat them in basketball, just annihilated them in softball. Uh, Tennessee went 11-2 and two in football. Um, basketball, I don't remember what Texas did, but here's the thing. They did fight. They fired their coach. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Chris Beard. That's right. Chris Beard got fired. <laughs> so you tell me who the real UT is. And, then, and, of course, the thing that Tennessee fans always love to bring up, the University of Texas wouldn't exist without the state of Tennessee. Um, and so don't ever forget that. Uh, but Hey, I will t- any and all fans that want to watch this show. We are, we're, we're equal opportunity. We'll, we'll throw shade at your way. Yeah. Hey, and look, it, it won't be long. We should know soon. We'll talk about this at the end of the show, but it won't be long before Tennessee and Texas play in football in the next couple of years at, at you know, at the latest. That's true. That is definitely true. Uh, and that's it's going to be a lot of fun because it's kind of been built up <clears throat> with these out-of-conference games and just things that have happened. Tennessee played Texas in the College World Series two years ago. Texas did win that one. Um, you know, So it's been back and forth. 
then <laughs> Big Tin Jeff says the real UT is in Tulane. I will be that. I believe that would be TU, not UT, right? University of Tulane, I guess. Tulane University? I mean, you could go either way. I mean, that's kind of like I South Carolina. Be. You see USC, you see SCU. I mean, which, you know, what is it? I, mean, be, I guess it's whatever floats your boat there. It is there. Tulane University. So it is TU. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyway. Well, you took a little extra delight in that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's always nice to, to stick it to Big Ten Jeff. He deserves it. Uh, but just to give you a quick rundown of the show, we're going to start off by talking about these great interviews that uh, that Austin got at the On3 event today. And then we're going to move into, obviously, the NCAA tournament with baseball and softball is in the College World Series. Well, shout out to softball. And then we're going to finish up with uh, a discussion that we promised last week, how these rule changes that are coming are going to affect Josh Heupel's offense. And then in that same thing, talking about rule changes and changes to the league, we're going to talk a little bit about potentially, is the SEC going to go to eight or nine games overall with the upcoming schedule? Uh, And we'll cover all of that right after I tell you about our first amazing sponsor, and that is Omaha Steaks. Uh, let me get my info up here. Whether he's your father, father-in-law or father figure, he's the guy who was always ready to step up when you needed him most this father's day. Show him the love with the only gift that's as unforgettable as he is the mouthwatering perfection of Omaha steaks from perfectly aged. Oh, so tender steaks to hand select the gift packages. Omaha steaks makes it easy to give dad what he really wants. Order today and get $30 off with promo code Vols. That is V O L S. And every purchase is backed by their unconditional money back guarantee. That is right. OmahaSteaks.com. Go there right now and use promo code VOLS, V-O-L-S, and check out for $30 off your qualifying order. Packages can include fork tender, bacon wrap, filet mignons, gourmet grillables like air-chilled boneless chicken breast, burgers, jumbo franks, and many other favorites. Lordy, it's so good. I just They just sent me another shipment this past week. It's insane how great their stuff is. Go to Omaha Steaks and get it. Check out their hand-selected packages that are guaranteed to make Dad's Day because if there's one thing we know, it's that dads want steak. Don't forget that. Minimum order may be required. See site for details. That is Omaha Steaks promo code BALLS. I was looking forward to cooking some of those steaks this weekend that they sent us, but the weather was not very Memorial Day-like, so we're going to have to put that off to another weekend here. Yeah, Mother Nature betrayed us this weekend for... uh... For Memorial Day, unfortunately, but it was cold here. It didn't rain that much. It's cold. It's gross. Uh, but let's get right to this. First things first. Again, our very own Austin Stanley of A to Z Sports, the A of A to Z Sports, was <laughs> was at uh, the on three. I believe it was the on three nil. What was the official elite? name on three nil elite series? Maybe maybe that's what it yes. was. Yes. It's essentially to teach recruits about NIL, name, image, likeness, so that they can wade into those waters in an educated way rather than, you know, just going in blind and being like, just give me $10 million, let's go. And so it's hopefully to avoid things like what happened with like Jaden Rashada at Florida and stuff like that. It's a cool event, but media got to come and interview these guys. And uh, A to Z was lucky enough to be invited. We're that official. Uh, what's up to everybody that thinks that we're not actual, uh, you know, media in some sense. We we are, but we aren't. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> and so Austin first interviewed five-star linebacker Sammy Brown. Uh, and first of all, this kid's hair, man. He has a mullet for the ages. My Lord, it's like a jerry curl, like a blonde jerry curl. Uh, he is killing in the hair department. And we would have video of it. There is video. Um, but I'm too stupid to load it into the system. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so it's going to be all audio tonight. Uh, but this this was the first clip. And this is him talking about his, he just visited Tennessee. And so this is a huge. I mean, Tennessee needs every five-star linebacker, five-star anything that they can get. But five-star linebacker, he just visited Tennessee for the 865 live event that Tennessee had over the weekend, which is really interesting. We're going to go into it. But we'll kind of let Sammy Brown first explain what happened here? So I'll just, I'll play that clip. It's like two minutes, I think, if even that. Uh, and then Zach and I will talk about it. So here we go. 
But uh, a lot of balls coverage, and oh, you know, yeah. you're just in Knoxville. Yes, How sir. was the visit overall? It was really fun. I had a great time up there, and they, they definitely are doing the right thing. And I co think Coach Heupel said it best. He said, you know, it's the right place with the right people at the right time. And they've, they've done great the past few years, and I think they're just going to continue to get better. I've heard a little bit about the uh, 865 Live. What was that all about this weekend? That was really fun. I think it was good to hang out some with some of the other linebacker recruits. You know, Edwin Spillman was there and a couple other of those. And, Hang out with some of the commits like um, Jake and all them and, you know, just know what, what Tennessee is going to be like in the next couple of years and know who's coming up there with the commits and know what that culture is going to be like when I'm there. So it was good to hang around them and just get a feel for, for their personalities and the way they do things. And it was, it was a fun event, too. I think I think we got second. So so what second and what? Just kind of describe the, the whole so, concept. of. So there was, a, there was a scavenger hunt and then there was a talent show. And then we had like a like a putt putt competition basically. And we ended up the linebackers ended up getting sec second overall. I think we won putt putt. So nice. What I, was your talent? Uh, we did we we sung a song and we had like a dance like a dance to the song. It was pretty funny. Which song? Uh, it was I can't remember the song. It was a slow song, so we had to like slow dance with some of the girl like. Some people went and got their moms and stuff. It was pretty funny. That's great. Uh, so, Georgia kid, you know, you're, you're kind of like right there outside of Athens, and you've been watching Georgia the last several years put this together, and then Tennessee all of a sudden, out of nowhere it feels yeah. like, last year. What was that like watching as you were kind of looking at both programs uh, right there? I mean, I knew when Coach Heupel got there that was going to happen eventually. He's done a great job of turning that culture around and, and turning it into a great a great place with a great culture. And um you know, he's done a great job. And then Coach BJ in the linebacker room has done a great job, too. He's going to continue to, you know, get better recruits in there. And that linebacker room is going to be really, really good. What is your view as a defensive player about the style of offense Tennessee plays? I think a style like that makes the defense better. I think. I think, okay, let's stop here. <clears throat> so, great interview. It's from Austin there. Uh, there is more to it. Will you be posting that on A to Z? Did you say you already did? Yeah, I wrote one article about about some stuff he said, and there there is actually video in that article that you can okay. see so of I, you know, Sammy Brown and his hair. <laughs> I want to plug that. Go to a to z sports.com, read Zach's article that has the video in it, uh, and you can see more than just what I just played. But he describes this 865 live event. This is pretty off the wall. This is like, dare I say, innovative stuff from Tennessee's, uh, Tennessee's recruiting staff and Josh Heupel. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of ways to reinvent the wheel at this point in recruiting. I mean, you, you can only do so much, although NIL has definitely changed that landscape. But they brought these kids in and had like a competition with all of these super high-end recruits uh, where they had a talent show. And uh, as, as he said, their putt-putt competition, a scavenger hunt, all these things running all over the city of Knoxville. And at first pass, you go, is that a... Are high school kids going to think that's like hokey? But then you looked all over social media and it seemed like these kids were super into it. He said he had an amazing time. Sammy Brown did. I What what were your thoughts on, on this 865 Live event? Well, two things. One, before we get into the 865 Live event and, and all that went on and, and that whole conversation, did you catch during Sammy Brown's interview there with Austin what he said about the culture? I don't know if you caught, I'm sure it's just a little slip up by him, but maybe it was like one of the, you know, your Freudian slip or something. He said, you know, what the culture is going to be like when I'm there. Yeah, uh, I did notice that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if he, you know, it's just, you know, we all misspeak at times, but Hey, is this, is this an, an A to Z, an A to Z sports exclusive? Sammy Brown to Tennessee confirmed. Is this, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I do it that far. I'm just pointing it out. You know, he did say when I'm there. So <laughs> he did. He did. We'll see, we'll see if that pays it. off. Yeah, yeah. Not I'm not twisting any words there. I mean, the no. audio is there for you to all to all to hear. But as as far as the actual event goes, I think if you just hear the word like scavenger hunt and, and putt putt and these different kind of things, like yeah, you can kind of roll your eyes at that a little bit. But it's about the atmosphere when everybody's there. You know, when if you're with your friends, people that you get along with, people that you want to hang out with, anything's kind of fun, right? It, it's all about the bonding time that you're there, you're building those relationships. And I think really that's how Josh Heupel is trying to recruit these kids. Uh, we heard from various recruits that were there this weekend. Boo Carter told 24 seven sports, another, you know, probably going to be committed to Tennessee later this summer and certainly trending that direction. They didn't talk football Saturday. It wasn't about football. It was just about building those relationships with other recruits. And it feels like 
Josh Heupel's trying to create the atmosphere that they'll be coming into if they come to Tennessee and showing them, showing them that on these trips. And I mean, it's brilliant. If it works, it's obviously that's not going to land every five-star kid that comes through. I mean, they might enjoy their time, but they might like Georgia better. They might like Clemson better. You know, who knows when it comes to recruits, but it really is a interesting strategy by Heupel and his staff to, to kind of have these big events like this and to just, have everybody get together and hey you know they start building relationships together at tennessee and maybe that's what flips you know changes their mind to to go to tennessee instead of another program or maybe it's what breaks a tie in their mind if they're down to two programs and they can't really decide i mean it's a it's a really great strategy and for all the talk about josh heupel can't recruit i mean he's put a lot of effort into it he's he's trying to do some things differently like you pointed out he's not really necessarily reinventing the wheel here but it's a unique environment that they're bringing these players into. So yeah, he, he can recruit. I don't think there's any question about that anymore. Uh, he he's going after the top names in the 2024 class, elite guys, five-star guys, not going to get all of them, but he's in the conversation with them. He's not giving up on these guys. He's, he's not setting his sights low. He knows what kind of players he needs to win a championship at Tennessee. And he's, he's doing all he can to get those guys. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a fascinating experiment just to see this entire thing. I think that's the right way to sort of categorize it because we've talked about it a ton when he showed up. I think every Tennessee fan that's paying attention was sort of like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. He, he runs this, this crazy offense that nobody's ever done in the sec and he hasn't recruited at a super high level. And you know, th- there was that entire aura. Then he goes 11 and two. He's proven that the system works. That one's out of the way. The recruiting has been good, but not elite. And so we're looking to him to get to that elite level. That's kind of the next thing that Hypo has to do to, to prove himself. And so they're going out on, on these limbs and doing these things that nobody else is doing. And I'm so interested to see if this pays off. And in this next segment, we're going to talk about it may already be paying off, <laughs> potentially. Uh, and, you know, it, it just is so interesting because they're, they're thinking outside of the box all over the place. And I'm really just excited to see exactly where this goes and what happens. Because, yeah, again, at first blush, I was kind of like, are high school kids going to think this is a little hokey with all this stuff? And then it seemed like all over social media, they're having a great time posting all about it. And then you know, posting all about it. And, of course, recruits all follow each other. And they all see these things. And they see, like, oh, they're having, they're having an amazing time in Tennessee. I need to get over there. And, and it all just sort of trickles down from there, I think. And I... Man, if Lord knows if this thing pays off for Tennessee, it's going to be a whole bunch of dudes next year, a whole bunch of coaches next year having a, a whatever area code live in Georgia, you know, or whoever in Florida, you know, they're all going to be doing scavenger hunts and doing all these things. Um, if this pays off for Tennessee, and it's and, and look, you can recreate like these teams, these other programs can try to recreate it, and some of them will, some of them maybe already do, you know, programs that we don't know about this kind of stuff happening. But you can't just say, I'm going to create this type of environment and it's going to happen. It's all about the current coaching staff. All those guys are bought in. They're on board with the way Hypel, you know, they're all on the same page. If you had a couple of coaches that weren't on the same page, all of a sudden the atmosphere isn't quite the same. The culture isn't the same and it just doesn't work. You know, it, it would have fell flat. So it's, it's, in a, it's a genuine organic thing that they've kind of created there. And it's, you know, the culture is one of their biggest weapons, not in recruiting not just in recruiting, but also on the field. I mean, when you have guys that get along like that, the op- there's optimism. Everybody believes they can win. It's just a better vibe. It's, you know, that was the one downside of the Jeremy Pruitt vibe, uh, era is how bad the vibe was, how negative it was all the time. And you just, you just don't have that anymore. And you can get away with that kind of stuff when you're winning, like Georgia. You know, Kirby Smart's approach is a little different than Hypel's. We've talked about that before, but. You know, it, it's really just showcasing one of their biggest weapons and what life will be like if they come to Tennessee and, and play there. We shall see exactly where it goes. Get get to a couple of comments here. Nugs says, just checking in to say what's up. I'll have to catch the replay. No problem there, Nugs. Thanks for the, maybe the double view there. Does it count as two views if he tunes in right now and later too? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, uh. But Nugs, regular listener, shout out to him. Uh, David says, I just want to say I really like the coaches we got. Uh, they seem real, not like past coaches. Go Vols. Go Vols, David. Um, I agree. This this does just really show like, I, you know, as you get older, you kind of notice 
you just don't give as much of a crap about what people think anymore. And you just kind of, you're like, yeah, I'll wear high waisted pants and I'll wear these dad shoes. And I, it doesn't really matter. I, and you're just, you get more comfortable in your skin as you get older. It seems like Hypel is, is there as a coach already. And he's, I mean, he's young in his career. Um, but he just like, yeah, we're going to do this sort of goofy thing. I don't care what, what anybody else thinks. If it gets me recruits, it gets me recruits. That's amazing. And it is, it's such a juxtaposition to, to Butch and the whole just, oh, just make me want to jump off the top of Neyland Stadium with everything he used to do. And of course, Pruitt was what uh, Butch tried to do, you know, Butch kind of tried to do some stuff like this. I mean, he, Little he bit. tried, you know, this vibe. You were there at times when it'd be the kind of crazy music and just different things going on where he tried to create this new age uh, environment at Tennessee. And it just felt force like if you were around Tennessee when Butch Jones took over in 2013 it's like okay in 2013 I felt optimism because you wanted to feel optimism you're coming out of the Derek Dooley era you you know that things have to be done different but the entire time that Butch Jones was at Tennessee even in 2016 and 2015 when they had pretty decent years and they beat Florida and Georgia in 2016 it never felt like Tennessee football and when Josh Heupel first came to Tennessee he talked about you know wanting to put a new age approach on Tennessee football while also, you know, carrying over those traditions that make Tennessee so special. And Butch tried to do that as well. I mean, he embraced a lot of the Tennessee traditions as well, but it just, it, it always felt forced and that it just doesn't feel that way with Hypo. It feels like it's just flowing the way it's supposed to. Like the program has naturally evolved into a 2023 college football program that still has that, those old Tennessee traditions, the running through the T just all the, the maxims that they recite in the locker room before the games, all those different traditions that they embrace. Uh, it's it's all there along with this kind of new age approach. And it feels like it just feels right for Tennessee. Absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> Mr. Jones <laughs> says this is all that <laughs> Bruce Pearl tried to do some stuff like this too, cookouts, etc. He did. <laughs> and it, and it worked. It worked until it, it didn't anymore. <laughs> but yeah, K, K in here, K on Kion. Apologies for however this may be pronounced, but we mispronounce names on the regular here, so don't constantly don't be too offended. Uh, but he's he says Butch just couldn't coach. Yep, I mean, well, and on on top of that, kind of to the David's point there, and he was just fake and just well, he had no backbone. He he made the promises yeah. to the recruits, and then you know they get him on campus, and it's like okay, this isn't a good idea. That wasn't a good idea. But once you promised it, you've promised it, and then you you know you look like a fool for going back on your word. Exactly. Gotta be careful well, with that stuff. We'll see if this pays off for Josh Heupel soon enough. I mean, I think in the in the coming weeks you may see some dividends, and maybe even the coming days. Honestly, uh, oh okay. and, yeah, anytime, especially the summer. I, I imagine. Yeah, you know they've got what 11, 12 kids committed so far. I mean, you've got over half the class still to go in six months, five months, seven months time, however long until December. Absolutely. Some pieces are going to move in in this uh, this time coming up, and. Uh, one of those we're going to talk about in this next segment, uh, a big crystal ball that just came in for Tennessee. And when I say big, I mean like like a straight-up class changer. Just got a crystal ball to Tennessee. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And it happened, what, 45 minutes before we got on here? So great timing. To shout out to the guy that did this. We'll talk about it right after I tell you about our next great sponsor, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Uh Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some have stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fphb.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health plans. Thanks to them. Support them because they support us. Go get yourself a new health plan. Uh, all right. So we're going to lead into this first with another exclusive clip from an interview by uh, our, our homie, Austin Stanley, who was at the, if you if you missed it earlier, he was at the On3 NIL event today. Austin Stanley was there and he interviewed some recruits, some prospects for Tennessee. And this was another one. He interviewed Ryan Wingo, who's a five-star wide receiver. Currently, the prediction for Wingo is uh, that he'll pick Georgia. Steve Wiltfong put in that crystal ball. Um, but I think this, what Ryan Wingo says here can lead into the crystal ball that happened 
today because um, these dudes play the same position. And so we'll uh, we'll listen first to what Wingo said. This is less than a minute. It's a pretty short clip. Um, and then we'll kind of talk about what happened right before the show through the lens of this clip. So here's Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver, talking to Austin Stanley. How much did you follow what Jalen Hyatt was able to do last year at Tennessee? Um, I, I was following it a good amount. And then once he hit the Alabama game, I was like, shoot, and like he's he, he good. So I, I started watching him a little more too. So I think that that Alabama game put him on the map for sure. Oh yeah. And third round pick, you yeah. know, as a guy who didn't really do much mm-hmm. the first couple of years, years yeah. how do you see when you're watching Tennessee, when you're watching some of these other schools, do you envision yourself playing in those offenses? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, just because like you said, you know, he, he kind of had the most productive first couple of years. And then, you know, that, that, that one year he just got on, on the spot um, from that from that offensive scheme, it's like, hey, like, why, why wouldn't you want to go there and you know, be a part of that? Of somebody going from 30 catches to 70 catches and uh, just a regular person to a Benicoff winner. So it's like, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty special over there. What do you like about what Tennessee's doing? So there, there's that. Um, and what I want to emphasize there is specifically what he points out, what Ryan Wingo points out in terms of the things that he noticed. It was the Alabama game. And, I mean, we talked about it at the time. Every recruit, that's going to turn the head of every single recruit in America. They're going to go, whoa, look at what Tennessee just did. This is crazy. And then on top of that, obviously, he noticed, look at not just what Tennessee did, but what Jalen Hyatt did, 207 yards, five touchdowns. It was insane. Um, I literally have a poster of it hanging up on my wall. (laughs) Uh, And... Then he brings up the Bolitnikoff Award and what that means. And, you know, these guys are going to notice this. And so speaking of five-star recruits, five-star wide receiver recruits, noticing all of these things, 45 minutes before we got on here live for the show, Mike Matthews, a five-star wide receiver from the state of Georgia, you cannot overstate how huge of a get this would be, got a prediction from one of the recruiting folks at on three that he will choose Tennessee. It was Josh Newberg. Uh, he, he had a tweet, right? What did he say in the tweet, Zach? I mean, it's a picture of him sitting with wing, uh, with Matthews in Nashville today and said, after hanging out with five-star wide receiver, Mike Matthews, I dropped a recruiting prediction in favor of Tennessee. I mean, that seems kind of telling, right? Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> I, This is crazy because, as I mentioned, maybe you're already seeing this this Josh Heupel recruiting strategy pay off. Now, Mike Matthews was actually, I believe, he was not at the 865 Live. Now, his Uh, official visit's later in June. Yes, June 23rd, I think he's coming in. But the fact that you have a guy, a recruiting analyst, talking to him at this NIL event, gleaning from that that he's he's likely to choose Tennessee before he ever even takes his official visit to it. Now he's visited Tennessee. Mike Matthews has visited Tennessee. He went to a junior day and he's gone before, but you know, before he ever even takes his official visit, Oh, that is big, big, big. And Lord knows Mike Matthews saw Jalen Hyatt. Mike Matthews saw NFL draft night. Mike Matthews saw the Bolitnikoff award and these things are going to pay dividends for you. If he chooses Tennessee, this, this could be, so big. I, I don't want to get too hyped over it. The kid has not chosen Tennessee yet in any official capacity. But I mean, man, the, to get a guy out of out of Georgia, out of the state of Georgia after they just won back-to-back national championships. Like, come on, folks. This would just be insane, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you can go get an elite player out of Georgia, one of the top players in the state, and keep them away from Kirby Smart and, and the Bulldogs, that's massive. And it's at a position where you know Tennessee can can use him and get the most out of him. I am cautious about some of these crystal balls, though, with him not taking this official visit yet. He's got some more visits coming. You know, recruiting's so fluid and, and not to not to pour cold water all over this this whole conversation, but it is such a you're really stepping out to make any sort of prediction for a recruit, especially a five star that's gonna be highly coveted that some of these programs are going to be going back and forth, really trying to get this guy. It could come down to the very, you know, right before he signs. I mean, you never know. Even when they're committed, you still don't know, especially with the wide receiver, how, the, how this will all play out. So it's it's obviously it's a great sign. It means Tennessee's right there in the mix. But I'm not nowhere close to wanting to say, hey, you know, they're going to land this guy just because of this one prediction. 
Yeah, even just the fact that I agree, 100% agree. I'm not going to get too hyped over this until this, honestly, until this kid puts pen on paper with a uh, an NLI, not an NIL. Um, you know, it, it just is not real until it's real with recruiting because these kids change their minds constantly. They want to go through the process. My recruiting's open. My blah, 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 blah. You know, we all know. And and so it's it's just can be very up and down. But the fact that Tennessee is just this much in the mix, again, for a kid out of Georgia. And, you know, everybody that lives in Georgia is not a built-in Georgia fan. That's no guarantee, especially in, like, Atlanta and stuff. There's a lot of uh, institutions and fandoms to choose from when you live in a big city like that. There's a lot uh, of transplants I, to that area as well. Yeah, and he – I don't know exactly where he – I don't actually don't think he's from Atlanta. I might be misspeaking there. Um He's Lilburn, Georgia. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna act like I know actually where that is in the state of Georgia. I'll be totally honest. But, but regardless, there, you know, there's pro teams in Georgia and there's stuff like that to choose from. Um, so you may not be a UGA fan, but still, like you know, Kirby Smart's trying to lock down the state of Georgia. Obviously, he's gotten a ton of incredible talent from that state, and a ton of incredible talent comes from that state constantly. And so, if if you could go and grab this kid it would just be absolutely ridiculous you already got the number one quarterback from the state of georgia uh in jake merklinger and he was at this event today for on three um and uh, you know it just would be crazy but it has to happen first for me to just be over the moon about it i am i'm super happy that they are so far in the mix with these kids the the on three recruiting machine gives mike matthews a 78 percent chance to choose tennessee over clemson and georgia are you kidding me it's crazy, um, but that that alone is exciting. But it's not going to be real, real excitement until he actually chooses Tennessee. Which hopefully, maybe that that official visit weekend, maybe that's when. But let's also say this: before he ever even gets there, I think he's going to Georgia and Alabama in his uh, Georgia and USC. And he just he visited Alabama in April. Um, so a lot, lot of competition there, obviously. One of the top um, wide receiver recruits in America. But. Big Ten Jeff makes a pretty good point here. UGA has oh. not produced wide receivers in a while. And we were actually talking about this before we started recording. And do not fact check us on this, but we're pretty sure A.J. Green was the last wide receiver to come from Georgia. Uh, again, don't fact check us, but it, it's been a while since they've produced any great wide receivers. Definitely, yeah, absolutely true. And you know, that, that offense doesn't exactly inspire like, Oh, come here. And you're just going to get a ton of reception. Is it going to be, no, I mean, it's an antiquated, just not, it, it, it works because Georgia's defense is ridiculous. And the offense is good enough. Uh, the offensive line was like having a, a wall, like yeah. a brick wall in front of Stetson Bennett. Yeah. It's obviously it gets the job done pretty well. They won the national championship by 60, but, uh, Ohio State, Big Ten Jeff's right. Ohio State has grabbed a couple of, quarterbacks from the state of georgia that have worked out pretty well yeah well they it's ohio state at the moment i mean they are sort of the preeminent wide receiver spot tennessee is coming for that but um you know the tennessee did have top wide receiver in america this past year you know nothing big no no big deal just a Blitikoff winner nothing nothing serious but um any way this is just big i mean it's a big recruiting development and you just can't to give enough applause to Josh Heupel right now. And obviously that's just going to get even more exciting if they can just land all of these kids. Now on that just note, get one of Wingo or Matthews really getting both would be incredible, but you just get one of those guys and it's a win. Yes. Cause those, I mean, they, they are class changers. That's, that's what that is. That is a kid like in a Nico Yamaliava where other kids look and they go, Whoa, they are doing something real at Tennessee. Maybe I need to give them a harder look. And now, I, and I'll I'll say this: you already got a four star. You got a four star to commit over the weekend, and we haven't even mentioned this yet. <laughs> Peyton Lewis, a running back, which this I I think is really exciting because, um, you know, obviously just like wide receiver, a running back in Josh Heupel's offense, what an exciting position, and what it would be so much fun to play in Josh Heupel's offense, almost anywhere, but. Uh, running back wide receiver. It's just got to be a joy. Peyton Lewis from Salem, Virginia, four star. He is the number three player from the state of Virginia, the number 15 running back in America, according to 247. Um, a great pickup. So, I mean, things are chugging along. Tennessee on 247 Sports, number eight class in America at the moment, your top 10. And you land 
you get you keep getting guys uh, like you've already gotten at the at the four star level, and then you add two five stars, and at, at this point, Tennessee's in on more. I want to say than just oh that. yeah, a lot of on the de- defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, Sammy Brown, who we played in the first second, our our interview with him. I mean, yeah, it's this could end up being edge of top five in America class if you if you get some of these guys in the fold. And that's that is just crazy. And it's the thing that we've been waiting on now that you've got that 11 win season. Got that out of the way. Obviously, you got to keep doing it. But man, that that elite recruiting is how you get to that Georgia level. And this would be that elite recruiting. So hopefully it all happens. Keep keep that momentum going. Keep doing cool things like the 865 Live, and maybe maybe it's all going to pay off soon. Yeah, I think I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee's at a point right now where, you know, they won 11 games last year. They're on the verge of really exploding in college football and being a perennial threat to to some of the top teams in the nation. But they're at that point right now where they've got to get over the finish line. So that means you've got to go win 10 or 11 games again in 2023. I mean, I know they have their sights set higher, but either way, you've got to go win like 10 games and keep the momentum going. You've also, and this is out of Tennessee's control, but you really need Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker, uh, even Valus Jones, who was drafted last year. You need them to go have success in the NFL. You need them to disprove some of these narratives. And not all of that is on... Tennessee. I mean, the scheme is supposed to, you know, prepare, help prepare them. The coaches help prepare them for the NFL. But ultimately, once you get to the NFL, it's on you to put in the work. You know, if Stetson Bennett doesn't succeed in the NFL, it's not be, you know, he won two national championships at Georgia. He did his job. He put up some, some decent, pretty good numbers, even as a quarterback. If he fails in the NFL, you know, it's on him. That doesn't really come back on Georgia. But if Hendon Hooker goes and fails in the NFL, it's going to come back on Tennessee just because of the scheme, because of the narrative that that, that was put out there all through the pre-draft process. So you really need Hooker, and that might be more in the 2024, and Hyatt and Tillman to just to really go out there and have good – they don't have to go out and be Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson as a rookie, but you got to go out there and hold your own, start some games, make some big plays, and at least, you know, have a career in the NFL and stick on a roster. If you're there and you're catching, you know, 40 passes for – 650 yards a, a season that's not you know that's not that impressive but at that point it's like okay that that's on you to get better it, it's not the scheme that was holding you back that you played in at college and I think most people kind of understand that but that, that's kind of what's been weaponized against Tennessee on the recruiting trail yeah a lot of a lot of puzzle pieces still have to fall in place there's no doubt about that but it's all I think the formula is there for it to all happen will it all happen you know, before this last football season, you wouldn't have caught me saying Tennessee is going to win 11 games. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, we felt like so, nine wins was the best case scenario, really. Exactly. So you you never know with what Josh Heupel is doing in Tennessee so far, man. It's it's He's been a miracle worker, period. Miracle worker. So nothing will surprise me. It's, it's just going to be time. Time will tell. Um, And uh, that that's going to wrap. Any, anything else with, with recruiting, Zach, before we go? I think we covered it for the most part. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to jump back on here in a, you know, maybe next week or at least in the coming weeks and, and discuss the, some of the fruits of this past weekend and, and you know, what Tennessee's going to get out of it. I really, really hope so. Cause I think it could be big and we'll, we'll just have to see. Now we're going to talk about, man, we made our predictions last week for the baseball team for the postseason, <laughs> and they did not come true <laughs> already. Uh, and we're going to talk about Tennessee's uh, draw in the NCAA tournament for baseball and the softball team making it to the College World Series. Huge for them. Love that for Karen Weekly. And we'll talk about it right after to tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Few things go better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Logstill Distillery has released a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap, named after a long-forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version. You can see the four-year version in the corner of the YouTube video there. I've had both. They're so good. Uh, great in cocktails. Great uh, great straight into a glass. Uh, so go get your bottle anywhere across the state of Tennessee. Rattle and Snap is also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run and don't walk to get yourself some Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. For those Tennessee victories, follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram 
cat rattle and snap whiskey. So Tennessee baseball went to the SEC tournament. Things didn't go so hot. Uh, they pretty much uh, p- pitching, relatively speaking, was decent. Three runs given up in a game. I mean, it's not like they got blown off the field. They scored no runs and almost got no hit. I believe it was one hit in that game. And that one hit came in like the eighth inning or something. I have to go back and look at the exact details there, but it is brutal. Brutal. And this is, as far as what we've said about this team, this was kind of the sum of all fears. You got a pretty good performance on the mound, which you've gotten all season from all your pitchers. Like, more than good enough if you have a decently powerful offense. And the offense just can't deliver. It was just like pulling teeth watching that game against Texas A&M. And um, so they, they're they out of the SEC tournament. And now the NCAA tournament, Tennessee does not host. I think if they would have won a couple games in the SEC tournament, they would have, but they didn't. And so they're going to Clemson. Interesting draw here. Uh, what did you think of this, Zach? Yeah. It was disappointing for sure. I mean, you, you felt like they you, they had to at least win that opening game and then you kind of get into double elimination and you, you can kind of see what happens. You win that first game, maybe you get in a rhythm. Uh, but ultimately, the worst part of it is that they don't get to host the regional, especially considering how this team played on the road. They weren't good on the road this season. They, they struggled plenty at times. So that that's the downside to it. But also you look at, you know, we talked about it a lot. You look at Ole Miss last season, exact same scenario pretty much. They go into the SEC tournament. They lose to Vanderbilt. Similar score. They lose 3-1. to one. They at least did, you know, muster a little bit of offense. They have to go to Miami, and, you know, and play in the regional there. And, you know, they make a run. They make their run. I think they lose one game the rest of the way on their way to a national championship. And it's there for Tennessee. It's still all there, like every single goal. Yeah, the path is a little bit harder than it should have been. You win a couple of games that you should have this season. Maybe you're hosting this weekend. It's a lot easier, but eventually you're going to have to win away from Knoxville if you don't want to win at all, right? So it, it doesn't really matter if it's the regional that you've got to go on the road or if it's, you know, when you get to Omaha, what does it what does it matter at that point, really? You've got to, if you want to be a championship team, you got to be able to win away from Knoxville. I mean, it's that simple. So they're, you know, they got to go prove it now. Um, maybe a little bit sooner than they wanted to, but that, that's what it comes down to. At least a little bit of a fun fact here, and this guarantees nothing and really doesn't mean much, but I believe the last two NCAA champions, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, neither of them won a game in the SEC tournament mm. uh, and then went on to win a national championship for both of them. Both of them had kind of mediocre regular seasons, went on to win a national championship. Anything can happen, but this could just not shape up almost worse for Tennessee. Your competition could have been tougher than Clemson. Clemson got to host pretty much exclusively because they won the ACC tournament. I don't want to say exclusively. I mean, they had a good season, 43 and 17. That was a great season, but Tennessee was 38 and 19. I mean, they weren't like just crazily better than Tennessee was this season, and they weren't the best team in the ACC during the regular season. And the ACC tournament was kind of weird. There was rain. They were moving games from Durham to Chapel Hill and on campus at UNC. It was an odd, odd tournament. So, it, it, you know, fluky maybe i don't know but it it was didn't wait wake forest won the league in the regular season right wait wait they had the same i think they lost like nine regular season games just like tennessee last year they they were very very good uh virginia was right there too i think they were maybe number two in the acc but regardless you're going to play clemson who's the acc champion and here's you know i give a little hope here Tennessee can more than win this. Their their opening games against the game is against Charlotte. They should win that. Mm-hmm. Um, then it'll be Lipscomb or Clemson. I think it'll be Clemson. I think uh, you never know I though. Say, yeah, the the Bison, the Bison. Yeah, Lipscomb. Um, you never know. It could absolutely happen. But either one of those very winnable. And it, it obviously it's at Clemson. You have to. You have to win the way he hasn't won all season. That's the the long and the short of this. You have to win road games. Tennessee hasn't won all season. It's like that, that simple. Start winning road games. <laughs> but I've been saying that all year. Please start winning road games. And they just never did until 
you know, I was holding out hope, hoping against hope. They they finally won a series on the road in the final series of the season against South Carolina, and then just fell totally flat at the SEC tournament. So I I will put it maybe, this way. Maybe every, the state every, of South Carolina would be good luck for them since they're going maybe. back there. Hey, maybe you already you beat Clemson in the Orange Bowl, maybe because it's Clemson. You, you kind of shock them here. But I mean, the really just the the good news is your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's the best I can give you. Do I, I'll just set it to you, Zach. Are they making it out of the regional, making it to a super regional? I think they do. I, I, I think they do. I don't know why I feel that way. Maybe it's just like the Ole Miss and the Mississippi State thing and just the way these seasons tend to transpire. The hot light, I could see Wake Forest, you know, falling the way Tennessee did last season. Maybe they, sure. you know, made it to a super regional and then they go out. But I could see Tennessee getting to a super regional and then, you know, we'll see what happens from there. Kind of all bets are off. And I think if they, if they advance, they go to Auburn, right? Is that correct? I think. Uh, Oh, I don't. This isn't the bracket. It's just laid out in, in uh, words here. What I'm looking at, I'd have. I think that's right. I want to say sure that's right. That. Maybe somebody in the comments yeah. on the. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they get past it. I think I think they'll beat Charlotte, and I think they can. I think they can beat Clemson for sure. I mean, they should beat Clemson. Really, all things being equal, even with it being on the road, that's a game Tennessee should win. Yes, absolutely. You, you beat. You swept teams that are far better overall on the season than Clemson. So assuming assuming it's Clemson again, no no disrespect to Lipstrom there. No. I the only reason that I think Tennessee may may advance is because this has just been the year of kind of like exercising these demons against these brands that we've hated for so long. Yeah. So it's you know you beat Duke, you beat Clemson, you beat Alabama, you beat LSU, like all of these things you did this year. And it would just be it's kind of fitting, I feel like, to go go and beat Clemson here. That next, that next one in the super regional, we'll see. But I'll, yeah, I'll predict that too. I'll say Tennessee at least makes it out uh, of of this round. And but of course, we said that already. I my my prediction was Tennessee would make College World Series, though. That was my prediction. Yeah. But I also said they would beat Arkansas in the SEC tournament, and they never even made it to that game. So. Yeah, I think know. I had them. I had them beating Texas A and M, but I wasn't. I don't think I had them going past the double elimination. Yeah, we we both said they'd be Texas A and M, and that just nope, not even close, not even close. That's baseball. You run into a pitcher that's on on any given night, and he's got all of his stuff working. It can be really hard to get hits, no matter how hard how great the uh, the offense is. I mean, Monday night, the Tampa Bay Rays are a team that just puts up hit after hit after hit, and they got one hit by the Cubs, Marcus Stroman, over nine innings. Like that just happens to good teams sometimes. It really does. Baseball is weird. And because baseball is weird, I mean, I, I kind of give Tennessee has a fighting chance. Absolutely yeah. has a fighting chance here. And just go go and take it. Go and win. Try a new batting lineup. I don't know. Do something to get this thing going. And maybe it will. We'll we'll watch it and we'll talk about it next week. Uh, but we'll finish with a little bit of talk uh, about uh, the rule changes for Next year, we we promised last week to a listener who commented, he said that he really wanted to, us to talk about how the rule change will affect Josh Heupel's offense, the uh, the running running clock after a first down. Um, and we're going to talk about that, but then also talk about it's the SEC spring meetings currently in Destin, Florida. And that's where it's, that's where it's at, right, Destin? Um, and they're talking about whether the SEC will play eight or nine league games when Texas and Oklahoma come in, and we're going to talk about that right after our final sponsor, Superbook Sports, gets their time here in the old spotlight. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code A2Z to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code A2Z. Simply visit superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Tennessee app in the App Store. Enter the promo code A to Z and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R. The Superbook Tennessee, Superbook Sports Tennessee app. Download it right now. Start putting in those bets. A lot of fun uh, right now. NBA Finals. Um, not exactly the NBA Finals that I bet the NBA wanted to have happen. <laughs> 
the Heat and the Nuggets playing in the finals. Um, the Celtics just blowing it sky high in that uh, that conference final. But man, weird, yeah, weird series from them. Go down 3 0 and win three in a row and then just not show up for game seven. So, yeah, tough quite a strategy. Tough moment for Grant Williams in that one, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's uh, not even talk about it. That is, he's a, uh, he's become quite the polarizing figure in the NBA. Yeah, he really has. And, and for a guy, I think what does he average like nine points a game or something? He's, I mean, good like solid dude. Yeah, for one of the best teams in the league. He's kind of like a Draymond Green light, maybe. Yes, would that be a good description? Absolutely. Yeah, similar similar style of play overall. He he's not as much of a kind of banger as as Draymond is, but. Uh yeah he he is <laughs> he he needs to not talk as much the it's, NBA I don't know I, I know there's a lot of people that aren't into the NBA these days but if you and maybe it's just because the job I do it's all consumed by sports all the time but it really is like a, a reality TV is what the NBA is at this point it, it truly is it's a it's compelling it really is but it is bizarre yeah. at times <sighs> yeah John Morant and all that stuff going on yeah Ugh. don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, all right. So this this rule change where the clock will not stop after a first down uh, starting this season, I believe. Um, and it's it's NFL rules, essentially, as far as that goes. And it's interesting because we don't exactly know how it's going to affect Josh Heupel's offense because nobody in the NFL runs Josh Heupel's offense. That's there's like elements of it here and there and, and, you know, offenses that run a little more spread and things like that, but nobody is doing what Josh Heupel does in the NFL. And so we're not exactly sure how it's going to affect. Like a lot of people have had theories about this where it's like, well, it could help Tennessee because they, it's to their advantage to have the clock just run. And you're going to, you're going to score close to the same amount of points, uh, but the clock will run and it'll run quicker. And, uh, also for the defense, maybe th- theoretically you'll run less plays, so your defense won't be as tired. But also, is it that simple? Uh, when you look at it, Zach, what do you? How do you think uh, this will affect Hype's offense? Yeah, I don't think this is a rule that's like geared towards slowing offenses down or slowing tempo down. I think no. it's just to shorten the games, remove some plays from the games, like you mentioned. That's the the biggest thing. I don't think it'll really impact Heupel's offense at all. And I don't think Josh Heupel feels that way either. He is – Heupel's smart enough to know that – like he's smart enough to know what he doesn't know. So he doesn't know 100% how it will look until they go out there and actually play games or simulate it in practices. And he actually, he actually talked about this earlier this month at a Big Orange Caravan stop. I'm not sure where, see where he was at. He was in uh, – Chattanooga, one of the last stops, he said it's it's not going to change how the game is played for any offense, any style. When the ball is set, it will be ready. It shortens the game in some respects. I guess we'll see more on the back end what type of changes it actually has. He was also asked you know, specifically about up-tempo offenses, if it would impact it. He said, again, it just shortens the game. We'll see how much of an effect that actually has on number of possessions per game, that type of thing. So it seems like Hypel is just assuming, hey, it's a few less maybe – snaps that Tennessee will have during the course of a game and and Tennessee's they they run a lot of plays because of how fast they their offense runs but running as many plays as possible isn't really their goal it's scoring as fast as possible you know keeping that tempo up tiring defenses out uh, keeping them guessing keeping them on their toes that's the point of the tempo it's not so they can run 90 plays a game if it's 90 or 80 I don't think Hypo really cares as long as they're getting the ball in the end zone that's the the biggest thing yeah, I think that's exactly right. How will it change Josh Heupel's offense? It won't. He's going to run what he's going to run, and he was always going to do that, really, no matter, unless they change the rules where he literally cannot run yeah. it anymore. Within Which the is kind of what rules. Saban had kind of floated out there. It's <laughs> like, hey, why don't you make it to where they can't snap the ball until there's like 25 seconds left on the play clock? And it's like, yeah. well, why even have a play clock? If exactly. That's the, you know, if you're going to do that. Unless it's that, Josh Heupel's going to do what Josh Heupel does period. And the, the things that it will affect will be out of his control. The total number of plays, things like that. And I just see it, it kind of timeout just, strategies. It could affect a little. Yes. It uh late, late in game two two minute strategies, you know, which I you think it man- does stop under two minutes. It does stop under two minutes. Right. That's right. I believe that's the case. So, yep. 
even then um, it's not dire. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're not usually trying to hurry up and snap the ball while the clock is stopped with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, it's just not going to be over the top. And it, I mean, it, it works on both sides. Like I kind of said, like, yeah, it may cut off some plays for Tennessee overall, but it's also going to cut off some plays for your defense. And maybe your defense isn't as tired as they would be overall anyway. And I, I just don't think it's going to change that much. I just, the only, I, the only impact I see it having, and this is league wide, this isn't specific to Tennessee at all, is if you're down by 14 points with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, then you're losing those kind of mini timeouts where they're stopping the clock to set the ball. And with Heupel's offense, as fast as they go, they can get a playoff. And it's almost like they've had a time, well, a timeout in the sense that it stopped the clock because they're, as soon as the ball's set, they're pretty much snapping it right yeah. then as soon as the clock restarts. So if you're trying to make a comeback late in the game, it could get a little tricky. Perhaps you'll have a little bit less time to, to work with there, but that's, I mean, that's going to be everybody's going to be facing that. It, it really is just going to kind of be an experiment of sorts. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. So I honestly, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm nervous about it. I'm just kind of interested to see any, if any kind of game management changes, you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Jones says out of bounds still stops the clock, right? Yeah. I, I there was somebody, yeah, somebody did float at one point that the clock would keep going on incompletions except under two minutes. And that just kind of goes against the spirit of the game. And and that's not a, that's not a rule that was passed. I don't even think it was seriously entertained, but I think it was kind of thrown out there by maybe a coach or an athletic director, just probably trying to start the pot. Who knows? I mean, that would just be a running clock. Like that's, (laughs) you would take away so much strategy there. If you want to speed the game up, I've always thought that they should do away with this clock stopping up the first downs. It just seems so archaic yeah. at this point, especially as conditioned. And these athletes are almost pro ready sometimes when they get to high school, just about with the way that youth sports are these days and, and the, the way they specialize. But I always thought that that was a good idea. Shorten the half times. I mean, that would cut 12 minutes out of the game immediately. If you went down to NFL half times and yeah, I know bands like to go out there and do the halftime shows, but that, that, you know, lengthens the game a bit, speed up the replays. For whatever reason, college replays seem like they take forever. Oh, and geez. whatever the challenge system is, I can we quit pretending like it is? There is a challenge system because if you want it looked at, it will get looked at. We've kind of learned that over the last few years and it seems like there's no limits on that. So, and then Mr. Jones mentions shortening commercials. I'm not sure, you know, what They're they not can gonna do with do- that. Yeah, yeah. that's... There's money involved there. That's that's probably the last thing they would get touched. But there are there are some different ways they can shorten games. And yeah, I don't know how much this will shorten games. Not stop, you know, stopping the not stopping the clock on first downs. I mean, maybe five minutes you might save if that. Uh, it's not going to be a lot of time. Yeah, it's it's not going to be like uh, it's not going to be like the NFL where it's a pretty generally speaking a pretty tight three hours. It's just not. It's not yeah. going to happen uh yeah college ball i just got too much going on um it would be interesting you know baseball made a huge change this year with the pitch clock and it has significantly shortened games and it's made baseball a yeah. lot more watchable and e- even for me somebody that, that loves baseball i'd sit there and watch a four-hour game and, and be okay with it it's made it a, a lot more watchable i feel like so maybe it'll make the sport a little bit better absolutely elias he says howdy ball streaming at 7 p.m well we're about to bounce but uh What's up? Glad you're here. And on a Tuesday. Yeah, Elias, another regular listener. Um, We appreciate it. We'll finish with this. I'll just make this just a prediction. So just a short one here on the end. It is the SEC spring meetings in in Destin, Florida. Right now, the, you know, the fine bomb shows down there and all the reporters are down there and they're, oh, what are they going to decide? The big one that's coming up when Texas and Oklahoma join the league, the structure of the league is going to change in football. Uh, I don't, basketball is going to be generally kind of not untouched, but stay pretty similar, but football, it could go to nine league games or it could stay at eight league games, but it would basically be at, at nine league games. You have two permanents, three, and then ro- rotating three, three, three and six. Three, okay. Cause and if, if with, you have 16 teams, you've got, three permanent 
you your yourself obviously then that leaves 12 oh, right right right, right, so you, right that way you'd play every program twice every four years and then and then at eight games it's it's two you and one other team um, yeah you just yeah the eight game you would just have like like for tennessee the assumption is it would be vanderbilt and then everything else would rotate so you wouldn't exactly. necessarily play alabama every year anymore yeah you and at most teams you would play every that make it every I think you would still, yeah, because that would be seven, seven and seven, yeah, fourteen. So yeah, you would play every team Hmm. still twice every four years. Yeah. So I, I, I'll just kind of throw it to you. What what do you think they're going to decide this week? There's no guarantee they're going to decide it this week, but a lot of people think they will. Um, where where do you think they go? Eight or nine? Are they are they going to be gutsy enough to go nine? I th- well, Nick Saban is still kind of railing against the nine games. And then you've got, you know, Kirby Smart saying, I don't care. This is a dumb conversation. You just got to win <laughs> against whoever you, you know, you play against. Yeah. I think Missouri's for nine games, Kentucky's for eight games. Josh Heupel's just kind of said, it doesn't really matter what I think they're going to do what they do, which to me, if I was Josh Heupel, I'd be like, hey, let's, why stop at nine? Let's do 10 or 11 just to be that guy because they're obviously never going to do that. But, I think uh, I've seen this floated out there that there's that they're going to try to push it down the line a little bit, go with a temporary eight game schedule in 2024 with the one permanent opponent. And and that's just to buy them some time for the TV money, because that's really what is the big holdup on this out outside of Saban's deal where he just doesn't want to play another SEC team. He wants to pick that ninth game against a power five opponent and be in control of that, which, you know, I can understand, especially with the playoff expanding. That extra SEC game could keep you out of the playoff. Uh, yep. You know, if, if if Alabama plays, you know, Georgia last season, in addition to Tennessee and LSU, you know, they don't make a twelve team playoff probably because they have you know three losses. And and I you know I can understand that aspect. Nine games in the SEC is not like nine games in the Big Ten or nine games in the Big Twelve or or any other conference that would play a nine game schedule. I think eventually it gets to that, but I think they'll put it down off a year. I agree. I think that's exactly where I'm at. I, I think they wimp out on the eight games this this year, and then it inevitably goes to nine eventually. In like 2025. Yes. Uh, if, if it's that quick, maybe a, a couple more years after that even. But I agree. I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. Um, but like Mr. Jones said, they can't take the Bama-Tennessee game away. They're not going to do away with the Iron Bowl, though. That yeah, that good. comes first for Alabama, yeah. and so I that one would get sacrificed at least for however long they keep eight eight games with a sixteen team league. Um, I mean Tennessee, it's kind of the same thing. You're not going to take Tennessee Vandy away. The as stupid as that game is, generally speaking, I mean Vandy's a joke of a school at this. Not a joke of a school, a joke of a athletic program. It's a pretty good school, but. Um, you know, joke you of know. an athletic program. It is what it is, but that's they're doing half hours down the road, and it just, in the same state, it just is what it is. Do you think this new schedule, whenever it, it, whether it's eight games or nine games, you're introducing a whole new, you know, you're not just limited to the SEC East plus Bama and an SEC West opponent. Suddenly, it's going to be Vanderbilt, and then you're probably going to be playing Alabama one year. You'll be playing Georgia the next year. Then LSU is going to be paired with one of those. And yep. then Oklahoma is going to be paired with one of those. Te- I mean, is it harder or easier for Tennessee? Because my gut says this schedule is fixing to get a lot harder for everybody in the SEC because it's you're not going to have necessarily Missouri, you know, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, uh, South Carolina, which you should be in most years, all in the same year. And, and, you know, in some years you would play Alabama and Mississippi State. You're not going to get that type of schedule anymore. I think it will get harder for Everyone except Auburn and Tennessee. Because <laughs> Auburn and Tennessee have been playing Georgia and Alabama every year. That's true. Always. And so we've been locked into these nightmare games constantly for at least the that Georgia game hasn't been a nightmare game for this entire time, but for the last five years it has been. And, and even before that, I mean they you know, they'd won what like three out of eight yeah. there in one stretch. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It it wasn't exactly easy. And so was Florida. Plus, yeah, plus Florida. And so I think for everybody else, it does get tougher, but overall it gets more equitable. You don't get like Georgia this season where they're playing an absolute snoozer of a schedule. You'll get Georgia going to Texas. You'll get Georgia going to Alabama. You'll get Georgia, just something like that where it'll, it'll iron these things out. And one year will be easier. One year will be a little tougher when you, and 
I, I think that's just fine. I, I'm all for this. I think eventually it's going to go to nine. They're going to have to redo TV deals too yeah. with nine games. I mean, that's a huge piece of it. They're going to have to redo the TV deal. So that could actually push out the horizon for nine games. I think, cause that stuff takes a while to iron out. But like, I, uh, I think for now it probably will be eight games. I thought, I really thought it was going to be nine games for a really long time, but it just feels like now that it's actually it like an automatic, there, it's not. It seemed like an automatic yeah. until Saban started complaining back in Always. Like February or March, and which was a surprise because he'd pushed for nine games for so long. But now he feels like the ability to schedule that Power Five game, which was always there, really. I mean, you could schedule whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like once it t- came time to like, you know, put your money where your mouth is type deal that Saban kind of backed away from what he'd been asking for for all this time, which is really ironic, you know, in, in a big way. It, it's always Saban. It just every every time he it just comes back to him. Like, God, what he's not going to get his way on this because, you know, he's, he's not. Always, He's on his way out. And I'm not going to say he's on his way out in the next year or two or even the next five years. Who knows how long he will coach. But a decade from now, Nick Saban is not going to be Nick Saban that he is now. But yeah. a decade from now, the SEC is still hoping to be you know, reigning supreme in college football and making as much money as possible. And it's inevitable that nine games is going to happen, expanding the league to 16 teams. And, and who knows beyond that? It won't be the last time that the conference expands. We know that. And that, that'll – That'll be the day when Saban finally gets out of this league. My goodness, what a nightmare that guy is. Um, okay, well, that's pretty much it. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody uh, who watches and comments. Elias, Mr. Jones, uh, you know, even Big Ten Jeff sometimes. Let's see, who else we got? We got uh, Mitch today. Uh, had uh, Nugs popped in for a minute. It was a good day in the comments. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching. We really, really appreciate it. I mean, this honestly, like the show has kind of been popping off during this offseason. The clips have been going crazy. Uh, so thank you to everybody who's been watching those. Um, seriously, I mean, that, that's, that's how we get these sponsors. And that's how the show continues and how Zach and I get paid. So seriously, that's amazing. Please keep watching everything. It means a lot. Um, other than that, anything else for the folks at home, Zach? I think that should about do it for this week. Yeah, I think so. All right. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. Thanks again for watching, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.